Welcome to Implement This, a show by makers for makers, where we discuss the business application platform from Microsoft and what to consider when trying to solve business challenges using the Power Platform and Dynamics 365. And we're back with another episode of Implement This. I'm Matt Anderson, and in today's episode, I'll be chatting about a topic that's come up more and more uh, lately as I have conversations around the Power Platform and specifically when building apps using the Visual Designer, aka making Canvas apps inside of Power Apps. And this topic is around delegation. Now, I'd like to start with an example of delegation and try to put it into the context of uh, an analogous situation that has nothing to do with technology, or at least in my life has nothing to do with technology, just to get uh, an understanding and something we can reference back to later. So I'll use an example that I of something I really like and enjoy doing on a daily if not multiple times a day basis, and that is preparing a meal. And for this example, let's say I'm preparing dinner, and I like making dinner with lots of different spices, trying to pick interesting things. And when I am sitting at the counter and starting to make the food, I realize I don't have my paprika out on the counter with me. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Matt, I don't understand where this is going. Why are you talking about food? We were going to talk about delegation. I've heard of this. I want to know about it. Trust me, let's stick with this uh, concept, this idea, and let me get through these couple of examples, and then we can circle back on the technology side of it. So, okay, I'm here. I am, I'm making dinner. I need paprika. Fortunately, uh, my wife is in the room. And I consider her to be a delegable source. So she is someone I can delegate to. She has some level of intelligence. So if I say, hey, Jess, could you grab me the paprika? She hears this, goes to the pantry, finds the paprika, and brings it back. Easy, easy. Now, if instead my three-year-old is in the room, she's a non-delegable source. There's no intelligence there. So, I mean, I might even ask a different question. I might say, Emilia, could you grab me the spices? And if I'm lucky, she goes over and goes into the, the pantry and starts bringing me over spices. And we have a lot. And she can't really read. She doesn't have an awareness of which spices are what. And, you know, in fact, there might be so many spices that as she starts bringing them over to me, she gets bored and only a portion of those spices are brought over to me. Uh, Now, hopefully, of the ones that she brought over, the paprika is one of those spices before she got bored and just had to move on. Uh, But it might not be there, even though we I know we have paprika in the cupboard. And this is an exact uh, this is an example of how delegation can be used. So it's the same it's the same data source. So it is uh, it, it's the same data source. So I was a little disingenuous. I mean, the, the three year old is going to that same data source, but I'm not leveraging the power of delegation in that example. And, you know, with computers, it's not just in the question that you ask, but also in how you ask it. You know, okay, that's 
true with people too. But I would argue that when you're trying to build something repeatable inside of an application, it's especially true. So let's go back to that first example. When I said to Jess, I, I, you know, I, I need the paprika, I gave her A, sufficient information, and B, enough context that she could take on that work. She knows that what I really meant is go look at all the spices, find the paprika, and only bring the paprika back. And she's smart enough. There's that intelligence uh, built in there, or you know, she has that level of intelligence to be able to act on that. Now, I could have asked that same question in a different way, or a, a slightly different question, which is, "Hey, I need some spices. Could you bring them to me?" And if she doesn't push back and say, "Well, I'm not going to bring you all the spices. Which one do you really want?" She could. Be in that same position as my three-year-old would be of just bringing a bunch of stuff over. And then I'm left to sort through all of those uh, sitting right at the counter. Okay, enough about food for now. Why does this matter when building a power app? Well, you see, when you're working with data sources and you're going and getting that data, that's what we call an expensive operation inside of a power app. And by expensive, there are a few different things that that means. One is there's slowness. There's time to download all of that information or bring over all of those spices in the first place. It's burdensome on the app, or in that case, you know, for me, if all of the the spices have been brought over to the counter, now I have all this extra stuff on the counter that I have to sort through to find the one that I care about for me to do something with it. And the third way it's expensive is on the data plan. If you're on a mobile device, I mean there there is uh, literally that extra data that's having to go across the across the wire. And if you're in a, a place with spotty coverage or a slow connection, that can bit get to be really painful. So you have the the slowness on the the time the time to download all that information and the the burden that's put on the the app itself to then do all the sorting and filtering uh, to find what it was specifically that you wanted. Now, additionally, it's important because the platform puts in place some protections to make sure that apps can physically run if you hit a large data source. So this is a 500 item limit by default in the Power Platform. You can optionally change that around at your own risk because there is a performance penalty that you can get for raising that, but there is still a physical cap that you have in how high you can go. You know, going back to the food example, this was my three-year-old getting bored along the way. She's only going to bring over so many things before she's she's done trying to bring all that stuff over. So the third reason it really matters is that you probably have more resources available to you at the data source than you do on either the mobile device or the browser instance where you are consuming this app or where an end user is going to consume this app. 
this is you know uh, the power of the cloud, right? I work with the Common Data Service a lot, which is literally a cloud-scale database that allows you to be able to work through and and do these types of operations at scale. And that that dwarfs the comparison of the you know resources available within a tab of a browser or on even the most modern of mobile device. And this is true both in the common data service, but for other uh, for other data sources as well. So, I mean, even uh, you know something like SharePoint or SQL Server, you know these uh, these are going to have more horsepower and in the in the source server to go and do that do that work do that sorting that filtering uh, that that detail before it comes back down to the app that we're working with so now that we have a little bit of an understanding of why it matters to start thinking about delegation when you're building a power app let's dive in a little bit to what is delegable because unfortunately it's not everything and this is why it's important to learn about delegation as a maker. But on the plus side, there is more that's becoming available with each release of the connectors to these delegable data sources. So let's talk about which data sources are delegable. And for this, it's all up to the connector that you're using. So check the documentation on docs.microsoft.com for your data sources. But a few that notable ones that I've, I've mentioned already, but I'll restate here just for clarity. Uh, this includes the common data service connector, the SharePoint connector, and the SQL server connector. So if you are in a you know, Microsoft environment, this is going to be a, uh, you know, a few common ones that you would run into anyway. Hopefully other connectors, you know, follow suit and, and come along. I haven't run into many in the wild at this point, but that's not to say that it couldn't be coming or couldn't be just around the corner. Yeah. As an example, the, the notable, delegable data sources that I was talking about, the initial release didn't have nearly the amount of capability as far as what types of things could be delegated when you were going and and uh, grabbing information out of a data source. It's been it's been good to see the the kind of uh, d further development of this over time. As far as the types of things that can be delegated with these data sources, I'll Make sure to include a link to the overview article that gives the full detailed listing of what can be delegated. But a couple of things that are worth noting categorically, uh, the first one is filtering. So this is things like the the filter function when you're going and hitting a data source. So, you know, go get from that from that list of all the different spices that are available, filter down to a specific one. Um, or the the search filter uh, or the the search function rather, which is also a, a type of filtering that can be done. You know, so that'll do a you know partial or full text match as part of that. Another category of functions that's supported for delegation is the sorting of data. So, you know, let's say putting the food example aside or the, the spices example aside, 
you are going to go and get back a list of 50, 100, 150, 300 different items that are coming back that have been filtered down from, say, tens of thousands. Yes, you can filter those and only have the smaller number of them that you need to consider within your app, but you can further save that horsepower within your app for showing those and and offload the sorting of that data off to the original data source as well. As far as other large categories of uh, you know types of things that can be delegated, there's a, a more limited set of aggregation that can be done uh, through delegation. So some and average as examples can be done. Some uh, but some other things such as you know counting uh, count count a those types of things cannot be delegated. Uh, other things as far as uh, having that partial delegation support, things like add columns and rename columns, show columns, do have limited support for delegation. And again, for all of the, the detail on those, please do check the link in the show notes. It is worth noting that for things that cannot be delegated, they will be processed locally. So, you know, if you are under that 500 record um, uh, maximum by default, you can still work with it and have it fully, you know, function inside of your app. But that is, uh, it's just going to have uh, some performance hit as far as having to, you know, bring down all that information before you can start to work with it. So let's look at just a simple example of why that 500 record limit is important to understand, you know, when you're thinking about whether you're able to use delegation or not. So let's say you have a non-delegable source or you don't use delegation in the uh, in the uh, in the formula that you use to evaluate that data source and let's say for this example let's just use opportunities and you might have opportunity type a and opportunity type B and you have a total number of 5,000 opportunities that have been created over time and 4,700 of those are type A, and only 300 of those are type B. Now, if you use delegation and you say, okay, I want to find all of the opportunities that are type B, the data set that you're going to get back is those 300 records that are showing type B. Now, if you don't use delegation or you have a data source that doesn't support uh, uh, it, so if you're using a data source that doesn't support delegation and you do that same operation, go get me all the records of opportunity records of type B, what it's going to do is it's going to go and look for the first 500 records that it can find. And of those, it will filter down those 500 to however many happen to be type B. Now, you might get lucky and all 300 of the type B records just happen to be in that 500 that got pulled down. But that's an awfully risky guess that you're making there if you're putting any kind of uh, you know, importance upon the decision that's being made here. So that's where 
you know, if you, if you, in, in the real world, you're probably not going to be that lucky. You know, if you pull down 500 out of 5,000 records, you're probably only seeing about, you know, 10% of the, you know, overall population of type B. So instead of getting 300 back, maybe you'd only see 30 back. And that's, that's really not what you're, what you're looking to understand. If you find that you're trying to aggregate a large volume of data, this is a place where I would kind of ask the question of how are you using it inside of that app and what's the, you know, what what are you what's the challenge that you're trying to solve for? What's the capability that you're trying to enable? Because we do have other components within the Power Platform like Power BI that are purpose-built for working with large volumes of, of data and being able to parse that down. And in fact, you can use Power BI and Power BI tiles inside of your Power App to give a rich visualization for a large amount of data. So you know, when, you, when you think through this, it, it can be intimidating the first time that you hear it to say, oh boy, but I'm, I'm going to be limited. I have data sources out there where you know, I, I have this large volume of data that's part of it. So you know, consider, is, is it something that you're doing that larger scale reporting on or is it something where you need to interact with those records physically within the app where you're, where you're taking action? And if it is the the you know former of those, go ahead use Power BI. It's a great tool for uh, working with that. If you're not, then you know make sure that you are leveraging delegable data sources where you can, and that you are uh, using uh, capabilities that allow that delegation. And fortunately you have a great way of knowing inside the app if you are uh, using delegation or not. And in fact, if you are not, if you've structured your you know, filter as an example in a, a way that can't actually be delegated, you'll actually see a little yellow warning sign in the, the squiggle under that formula letting you know, hey, this is, this is not a delegable uh, function that you're leveraging here. So the, the platform is going to help you out as you're building it. You don't have to just know, oh, this thing doesn't happen to be delegable. So, you know, those kinds of things of, you know, helping, helping makers as they're getting used to the platform. I certainly, for some of the earlier power apps that I've built, I, I built one against a, 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 you know, an opportunity data source, uh, in fact, for myself and, you know, being at Microsoft, it was a very large number of, you know, records that I was uh, filtering down from. And that was something that I had to really wrap my head around earlier on, or I just, I wasn't going to be able to get the right data, data set back. So one note that I'll, I'll toss out there for those of you who are looking at the common data service connector, do note that if you had originally created something with the CDS connector, uh, perhaps in a, a previous version of it, you will need to open up your app and um, make some sort of change within your app to be able to get the new uh, capability. So if you were using something that previously wasn't a delegable uh, operation and is now something that is a delegable operation in the latest and greatest version of that connector, you need to open up your Power App as a maker and make some change, any change, for it to kind of pick up and work with that new connector. 
This is something that as connectors are, you know, kind of updated and improved, you know, whether it's about delegation or some other capability or performance enhancement or new uh, new whiz-bang feature, those, uh, you're not going to see those benefits unless you go in and physically open it up, make a change, and then publish your app with that change. Uh, that way you have uh, some level of control over it uh, to be able to make sure that you... Um, you know, are, are putting your, your best foot forward with any app that you've built. So it's always a good idea to open things up and take a look at what you've done in the past and see if you can get a, a little performance boost just by the, the sheer fact of, of checking in on that app that you created a little while back. So delegation is something that as I build power apps, I've definitely been making a concerted effort to make sure I'm, I'm using it uh, where, where applicable and where available. And it hasn't been too terribly difficult to learn, but it has been a bit different of a frame of mind for me to be considering that as I, I work in this low-code, no-code world. I'm curious for those of you out there who may or may not be using delegation. Have you run into challenges? What are you seeing? Do you have questions about anything? Other feedback is welcome too. Am I too harsh on my three-year-old? Is she capable of more when it comes to finding spices out of the cupboard? Feel free, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at MC Anderson, or you can find me at my website, connectingthedata.com. You've been listening to Implement This with Britta Rexted and Matthew C. Anderson. Do you have a business problem you'd like us to discuss on the show? Reach us through our website, implementthis.org, where you can also subscribe to the podcast. We're on Twitter too. Britta is at MacGyverCRM, and I'm at MC Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.